Welcome to the Solo 2.0 podcast, where two sisters, Jess and Rye, focused on health and hormone balance to help you step into that 2.0 version of you. Growing up, we heard all about hormones. Sometimes more than we wanted. From our mom, who is a hormone health educator. As we got older, we rebelled and experienced our own health struggles and ups and downs. But today we have businesses helping people get in tune with their bodies, break free from restrictive eating and lifestyle habits, and learn how to balance their hormones naturally. So what can you expect from this podcast? Honest conversations and hot topics that should be more mainstream, like period health, cycle tracking, non-hormonal birth control, and our unique take on fad diets and trends that aren't always so supportive for women. Plus, interviews with health and wellness entrepreneurs making a big impact in the world. Ladies, it's time we align with our powers and redefine what healthy means to us. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. Today you have me, Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And my co-host, Rye Birch, is my sister and the co-founder of our family business, Your Home and Balance. She's not here today, so definitely check back on our next episode to get your dose of her because she is incredible and amazing and my other half, <laughs> the better half. Anyway, today I am just really grateful because I'm going to be bringing back the one and only Maddie Miles, who is the founder and CEO of Peace Love Hormones, a brand that educates and empowers menstruators to take back control of their health through education and top quality supplements. And Maddie created PLH after going through the ringer with her own health and was diagnosed with anxiety, depression, insomnia, anorexia, and even Lyme's disease during her young adult life. She eventually healed her body, spirit, and mind naturally and is now on a mission to help women do the same. And I highly recommend, I know I've said it before, that you give her a follow at The Maddie Miles. She truly emulates just positivity, good vibes. You can tell that she so genuinely cares about women and about every single one of her followers. Even if you've never met her, you feel like she's your bestie and that you guys are hanging out just by being with her on her Instagram page with her amazing reels or listening to her Peace Love Hormones podcast or consuming just any of the amazing content that she puts out there. I feel like we, you know, part of a healing journey and part of balancing our hormones comes down to surrounding ourselves with people that build us up and make us feel good and make us feel supported and letting go of anything that's toxic, you know, toxic relationships, toxic products, uh, you know, toxic just patterns in our life and to be surrounded by someone that just builds you up and lifts you up and just feels like they truly have your best interest at heart is really special. And so again, I highly recommend that you connect with her. You can also go back to the first episode that we recorded together and that one will be linked in the show notes. But if you want to search it, the title of the episode is Improve Your Menstrual Health and Learn to Cycle Sync with Peace Love Hormones founder, Maddie Miles. And I just do want to reiterate that her philosophy focuses on using an integrative approach to healing the body naturally, getting to the root causes of your hormonal imbalances, quality supplements that work, educating and empowering menstruators, and breaking the period stigma, which we are all about. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking all about the liver, which is her jam. It's something that she specializes in. I've learned so much from her about the liver. It's something that I'm becoming very passionate about. And um, just in case you guys don't know, the liver is an organ that is under the right side of the rib cage. So I will just invite you to gently place your hand there now. Take a t- couple of deep breaths in and out. Send some love to this vital and incredible organ. 
that you're about to hear all about and just, you know, love up on it every day in simple ways and you're going to see and reap the benefits. So we're going to dial up Maddie. We're going to get into all things the liver, why you should care about it, what are some of the symptoms that manifest when your liver needs some loving and some TLC, uh, what are some you know lifestyle and dietary factors that negatively impact our liver health and our hormone health, uh, you know, why is pooping important? Uh, what are some foods that we can incorporate into our rituals and routines to really support it in a way that we look forward to? Because that's what it's all about. We don't want to be eating foods that we dread. We really want to be focusing on things that make us feel good and just so much more. So I'm not going to blabber on because you're going to get all of this in this episode and we're going to we're gonna dial her up in Austin, Texas. So let's go. Hello, Maddie. How are you? Hi, darling. I am doing fabulous. How are you? And what phase of your cycle are you in right now? I love that question. I'm so glad you asked. I am, I'm doing well, and I am in the late luteal, so I'm about seven days out from my period and feeling really good, which is actually amazing. Like, no brain fog or anything, which is Heck great. yeah. That's how it should be. Totally. Yeah. What phase are you in? I am actually on my period right now. I'm on my moon cycle. And so um, I'm going very slow for sure. Sunday and yesterday were definitely lower energy um, days for me naturally. And today my energy is actually starting to pick up. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, I'm transitioning into the follicular portion of my cycle. Lovely. And actually, I knew what phase you were in because uh, Maddie has this adorable partner who is just like the yin to her yang. And she posted in stories about how he had texted her that he wanted to cook you a period friendly uh, meal so you could celebrate the new moon. I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. He's very cycle conscious. I like to call him and just so many other amazing things. But yes, Braxton, my partner is um, truly like just the yin to my yang. That's the the greatest way to describe him. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I love too. I just, I love that you focus on not only educating women, about their cycles, but also helping the men in their lives to get empowered to understand the female cycle too, because what better way to just level up your relationship and connect on a deeper level? I think it's so important. And I'm so glad that that's something that you're focusing on. Absolutely. And I mean, they're half of the equation as well. So um, especially when it comes to fertility and subfertility and infertility. So definitely important that they're part of the conversation. And um, there's more where that came from for sure over here. Yes, I know. I've been quizzing my husband on the four phases and it's just so cute. Like he has them down, but the way he talks about it, he's like, so this is the phase where you've got a lot of energy and you want to have sex, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the most important to them. Like, so when do you want to have sex the most? 
exactly. But I'm like, good for you. This will be happy. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, I feel like we can talk about this forever. And actually, for those who don't know, um, Maddie and I did previously record an episode on this podcast. So she talks all about her story, how she got into the work that she does as a hormone practitioner and expert. And also we go into how to track your cycle and kind of sync with your cycle. And then she has um, a multiple part series on cycle tracking on her podcast, Peace Love Hormones. So I'll link all of this in the show notes, because if you want to dive deeper into all of that, I highly, highly suggest it as a woman. It's so empowering and it's just really, really exciting and allows you to get so much more in tune with your body and what feels good. And it really is just game changing. So highly recommend going back to that. And then for today, we're actually going to be talking about the liver. We're going to jump right into the liver. And it's something that I feel like doesn't get enough attention yet. It's not, you know, it's not sexy sounding and, you know, it's, I feel like the gut is finally kind of having its moment and is like the sexy thing to talk about, or it's a little bit sexier, but that the liver is sort of like that backup dancer who can almost reach out and touch stardom, but isn't quite there yet. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's going to change with more conversations like this. And a lot of it can just feel intimidating where it's like, oh, where do I even start? Where is the liver? Why should I care about it? You know, it doesn't sound hot. Like it doesn't sound easy to, um, nourish. So, you know, why should I give an F about it? So that's what I want to ask you just to kick things off is, okay, first of all, what the heck is liver and where is it even, you know, in our body, let's get really basic. And then we'll go into all of the amazing things that it does. Absolutely. And I just, wanted to make a little note on your mention about the gut. I definitely giggled over here. It's having its moment. That is a great way to describe it. The gut is having its moment within social media, but a lot of people forget about the liver and also just that the intestinal tract and the liver are anatomically and physiologically connected. And, um, Most people haven't heard of this, but the gut-liver access is very real, and the effects of intestinal metabolites on the liver are considered very important for the onset and progression of liver diseases. So they're very interrelated, you know, when we're talking about the body and about health, you know, it's never just one thing. It's Our body is just an orchestra. So when one thing, when one organ or one gland or one hormone is off balance, we can just go ahead and assume without, before we even run any labs or do any, any further testing, that a lot of other things are not really functioning properly. So um, before we get into it, I want to, to really quickly go over some like vo- um, important vocab before I get into like what I'm going to get into today, because there are a lot of people out there in this space going like, detoxes are bads and that's like it's a lie and all this stuff and there's a difference between detox and detoxification so detox is a short-term protocol that one does to help relieve our body of toxic burden and detoxification is a series of processes that our body does and must do daily to 
daily to survive. I also call this self-cleaning. And it happens in not just our liver, but our kidneys, our intestines, our sweat glands, our skin, even our brain, which is why sleep is so important because our brain does all of its detoxification when we're sleeping. And our lymph nodes, which all breaks down and eliminates the byproducts that we, number one, naturally produce as human beings, but also everything that we're exposed to that we'll get into. So, um, you know, detoxification is real. There's no arguing that. But also, it's important to note that we do live in a very technological advanced world. We have a lot of cars. We're just exposed to way more chemicals and toxins than our ancestors ever were. And our bodies just really aren't equipped to live in such environments. And even though our ancestors didn't encounter as many um, man-made toxic chemicals and pollution, they still were doing seasonal cleanses, um, parasite cleanses, parasite cleanses with the full moon. They were doing, um, you know, what we call functional medicine, liver detoxes, but they were just in general, you know, eating more whole foods, eating foods that help boost detoxification, um, they didn't have as much exposure to the things that impact our detoxification. So, you know, I just always want to preface with that because I feel like a lot of people just hear that word and they're either triggered because, you know, they associate it with some fad diet or some like juice cleanse, which I'm not telling people to do juice cleanse. That's not what we're going to be talking about here. Um, so it can either be a trigger for them or they can just be like, oh, that's simply just not a thing. And like, that's, that's just it's fact, like our bodies are detoxing every single day. When we're talking about detoxes, we're just talking about helping support our body to do what it already knows how to do. Um, so I just wanted to preface with that. I'm so glad you did, because I think that that work has a lot of negative connotation. And, you know, it's it could, like you said, it can be triggering, it can feel like, oh, so you're trying to put me on a diet, you know, and that's not at all what it is. So I'm really glad that you made made that distinction. So yeah, anyway, take it away. Absolutely. So the liver and why we should give an F about it. I love that how you phrased that in the questions that you sent over to me. Um, <laughs> I was cracking up, but simply put, if our liver is not clean and healthy or functioning properly, we will not be healthy since it is truly our body's filter and it's cleaning out our blood every six minutes. The liver is the epicenter of our body's health and it performs over 500 vital functions. So just let that sink in like everyone. It performs over 500 vital functions and it's in charge one of the many things, it's in charge of packaging and excreting estrogen metabolites. Um, so it's really, really important that we are making sure that the liver has everything that it needs, number one, but number two, that we are making sure that we're not giving it the things that can impact the way that our liver functions in order for it to be healthy, in order for it to properly go through the different phases of liver detoxification, which we will give it, which we'll get into. Um, and then also, not to mention, our liver is in charge of breaking down fat and sugar. So, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot that the, that the liver does that we need in order to not only feel good, but also survive. And so, you know, a lot of what happens within the, within the body is almost like a slow kind of creeping up disease. It doesn't always happen overnight. Although sometimes it feels like that people are like, I just woke up and I wasn't feeling well. When in reality, a lot has been going on underneath the surface for many years, most of the time. Um, and so we'll get into like what all impacts the liver as well, but it's incredibly important 
important. I mean, most people, all they need to hear is that it performs over 500 vital functions of the body. And they're like, okay, tell me more then. I understand that it's important. Um, but you know, that's the liver and the part of metabolic detoxification primarily happens in the liver where there are a series of enzymatic reactions that um, neutralize and solubilize toxins, making them non-toxic and water dissolvable. And then they deliver them to the organs that help us to excrete them. So the liver is, you know, making sure that we are packaging up all of these toxic things that we are coming into counter with, um, just from living in this world that we live in. And again, just, you know, byproducts of things that we consume as human beings, just processes that are going on within the body. And it's making sure that it is being packaged down into water-soluble contents so that it, it can be excreted safely throughout our body. And when it's not, when our liver isn't functioning optimally like that, we see that they get stored in our brain and hence the brain fog. It gets stored in fat cells as well, hence the accumulation of, um, of fat, especially around the abdomen and the thighs. So, you know, when you're experiencing brain fog and like, you know, unwarranted weight gain and all these things and you're super confused, most of the time it's that the liver is not functioning properly and we will get into um, what, you know, could potentially be impacting how our liver is functioning later on as well. Yeah, that was a great description. Um, I really appreciate that. I also heard an analogy. I'm like so big on analogies, but that because the liver is our, you know, main filter of the body, it's kind of like, imagine if we don't have a filter on a vacuum and like all that dust went back into the air, you know, the vacuum wouldn't do its job well. And so that kind of just shows like how integral it is to the body. And that really stuck with me. But yeah, I love, I love what you said. I think it's definitely this untapped <laughs> organ that doesn't get focused on enough and um and it does control so much. So you did kind of touch on it, but there are two phases of liver detoxification. Can you break them down just super basically? Like what is phase 1 and phase 2 and then, you know, is there a way to know when we're in phase 1 or phase 2? Is it just something that the body does? It's just something that the body does. Um, and so phase one turns toxins into fat-soluble particles. And phase two is the one that turns them into water-soluble. And it does this um, by using certain amino acids and some nutrients that are shared by phase one as well to turn the fat-soluble into water-soluble. So these nutrients that are needed for um for phase two specifically is like zinc selenium magnesium and vitamins b12 6 vitamin c e folate coq10 and i say these things um i know a lot of people are like what the heck why did you just say that so fast i don't even know what these are um but i just say that because those are a lot of the vitamins and minerals that are depleted when we are on hormonal contraceptive they can be depleted by um poor gut microbiome and how do we get that? That's from inflammation, the foods we eat. I always just like to make a bunch of connections like this. So if anything, if someone can even just take away one thing from, you know, listening to me on a podcast, or even if it's my own podcast, is that everything is related. So the things that you eat and drink, the you know, the products that you use, everything, you know, can impact your body. Um, and then again, like when one organ or one gland is starting um, to be impacted negatively, 
you know, other things will start to fall. And just like when we start to fix, you know, work on one organ, one gland, then other things will start to come back in line. But yeah, yeah so there, oh, I was just going to say, yeah, there, th- those are the two phases. They are heavily um, dependent on certain vitamins, minerals, and amino acids to help with that. And then once we get that water soluble from phase two, um, those water soluble waste products, we eliminate them via our bile, our stool, kidneys, urine, um, sweat, our skin and sweat and mucus. So those are like the major organs and like the actual waste that comes out of them. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's really clear and helpful. And I just wanted to say too, I really appreciate the breakdown of that in that, you know, nothing is isolated because it's funny, you know, I do have clients that come to me and, you know, they get their hormone levels tested and they're like, okay, so should I focus on cortisol first or should I focus on estrogen? Like which one should I, should I work on first the gut? And it's like, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's like, we have to look at it as this holistic picture and every single thing is interconnected. So, you know, we can't just focus on cortisol. We can't just focus on the gut. We need to look at it all. And it is an orchestra. And, you know, I love my mom always makes the reference of like, it's kind of like synchronized swimmers too. So if these synchronized swimmers, one goes down to the bottom of the pool, the other one goes off to the side, like they're not going to be synchronized anymore. They're not going to have that beautiful flow. And so I think that's a really wonderful way of sort of picturing it and, and knowing that, you know, you don't have to put all of this time and focus on isolating these different organs and hormones. You can really have a very 360 approach that gets at all of it. And so when we're talking about the liver, before we go into, because I do want to get a little bit deeper into like specific foods and minerals to support each phase. But before we go there, I want people to understand and feel really driven to support their liver. And so what are some of the signs and symptoms that your liver is not being supported well enough that it needs some TLC? Like how does that manifest? Totally. So, um, yeah, just like, again, because everything is related, um, you know, you could be experiencing a lot, a lot of symptoms. And honestly, like when, when a woman comes into my practice, um, and even outside of my practice, I'm just talking to friends or loved ones, I can most of the time just go ahead and assume your liver needs some loving. Most of us have, you know, are in our 20s or 30s, perhaps even older, and we have never even heard of this term before. So that is usually just my first indicator. Hey, we're going to boost the foods that your liver needs, and we are going to take away some of the toxic things that's impacting your liver. Your liver needs it for sure. Um, But some signs and symptoms are brain fog and anxiety and nervousness, sleep disturbances, bloating, Um, just overall gastrointestinal issues thanks to gut disruptions. Endocrine disruptions, so that could lead to the PMS, hormone imbalances, and gynecologic complaints. Inability to absorb nutrients as well from all the toxic chemicals. So, you know, when we just think about like in general, oh, our gut and our gut is being impacted and inflammation is increasing. I mean, you can just, you know, the list goes on and on about what type of symptoms you'd be experiencing just from those alone, you know. Um, 
And so it does definitely manifest differently in every in people. But for me, for example, I noticed brain fog. Brain fog and anxiety were like the biggest for me personally. Um, some people also like they'll experience skin issues as well, you know, hormonal acne. And um, we can, you know, again, go right back to the liver and to the gut, you know, kind of clean those guys up a little bit. And then usually the acne will clear up. Um, and I do just want to mention too, I just, I, you know, I didn't mention this earlier and I was like, Oh, I forgot. I want to say this before I forget. But so there was a research study conducted that showed, um, on average about 232 toxic chemicals found in the umbilical cord of newborns. And, also, just there's like a widespread but unspoken epidemic of early onset of puberty for young girls as early as six years old, thanks to exposure of excess hormones that are endocrine disruptors, such as like phthalates, BPA, BPS, and others. So these are things that are like real things in our environment, sometimes that we can't always see that are impacting the liver. Yes, of course, which is what we're focusing on today, but it's you know, from there, it's impacting our entire body and the way that our bodies are functioning. Yes. And there's something like over, is it 77,000 man-made chemicals in the U.S. alone, which accumulate Yeah, it's actually now doubled. That was like the number that I learned when I was going through school like two years ago. And now it's at over 144,000. Isn't that insane? Oh my gosh. Oh, I always, yes, everyone. It's real. <laughs> oh my. So wait, are we to, so does that mean that that number has doubled within less than a decade? Yes. And it's that only is- on the, it's only on the rise too. I mean, you just see like the rise in consumerism and like, you know, we may not think much of it when we just order something from Amazon and it shows up at our place two days later. But, you know, just to think of like the gravity of like what went into producing that product and the pollution and then getting it to, you know, the Amazon warehouse and then getting it shipped to you, like so much is going on in our world. And it's really easy to just, you know, not think about it because it's not like they're like broadcasting this on like infomercials and stuff when you're watching TV. I mean, no one even really watches satellite TV anymore, but like this information isn't really given out to us unless you are someone who's conscious and grounded and listening to podcasts like these or following people like you and I on social media. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's little things too that aren't so little, but like the aluminum and teeth fillings that people have, you know, or like tap water that might be, that might have arsenic and lead in it. And, you know, we think, oh, well, I'm drinking water. Like that's what I've been told to do. And I'm doing something healthy for myself and you have the best intentions. Um, but here we are consuming this sort of toxic water, which is, is so frustrating that we can be trying to make the best choices for ourselves, but yet, you know, we're not, fully educated on how to do that, which isn't, you know, isn't our fault a lot of the time. So to your point, yeah, it's really, really important and empowering to start to become your own advocate in that way. And, and I do want to talk about water because I know that that's something that you're, you know, that you promote is filtered water and the importance of that. So before we get into that, what are um, some main dietary and lifestyle factors that you see negatively impacting liver function, like the heavy hitters? Yes, that is, I love that question. So stress, I'll start off with number one, because (laughs) most of us are running on stress 
hormones and on stress fumes. So stress would be number one, non-organic and and or processed foods. So even if something says it's organic, but it, if it comes from a box, um, most of the time that can also be impacting your liver and your gut. Um, just overall non-quality foods. So I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Alcohol, hormonal contraceptive, antibiotics, medications, pharmaceuticals, smoking, um, poor air quality. Sometimes there, a lot of people's homes, the air within their homes is actually more toxic than the air outside. So opening up windows, getting an air filter. I invested in an air filter within the last year um, and it was definitely worth it. My air was not the cleanest, even though I thought it was because I have so many plants and I live more out kind of in nature here in Austin, um, but it's still pretty dirty. Um, what else? Oh, uh, Increased inflammation, autoimmune issues, insulin resistance, um, you know, so many of these lifestyle factors, dietary factors, these all impact the liver functioning. Yeah. And what about, I know you touched on it, but hormonal birth control, how does that impact the liver? Yeah. So hormonal birth control, I think we all kind of forget that it is a, it's a pharmaceutical drug, you know, it's not like marketed as that to us, of course, when we're going into, into the office, um, you know, but it is a drug and it's not natural for the body and it is supplying our body. And now each of the hormonal contraceptives are slightly different in terms of dosages. And, you know, I remember even my gynecologist is telling me like, oh, this is a lower hormone birth control and whether it's low, high, whatever those buzzwords that are thrown out, um, it still is an artificial synthetic form of hormone that is going into our body, going into our bloodstream. And again, going back to what the liver does, it's filtering our blood every six minutes. Our filter, our, our liver, it is a filter, um, but our liver is trying to filter out those uh, xenoestrogens and those xenotoxins that it's going, wait, these aren't our natural hormones. And so they see it as an invader and it's trying its best to, you know, package them up and excrete them safely out the body. However, it's just, it's too much. Like we are, especially when we're taking the pill every single day, or, um, you know, you have an IUD and it's just constantly supplying you with those artificial hormones. It's really taxing on the liver. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I know that you, cause this is a huge topic in and of itself. And I know that you've talked a lot about hormonal birth control. Um, I would love to link in the show notes, one of your episodes. I don't know if you have like a specific one that you would recommend, or, you know, maybe I can touch base with you after so that people who aren't, who want to learn more about the overall impacts of hormonal birth control. And then if interested, you know, non-hormonal birth control alternatives. I remember listening to one of those episodes on your podcast and it was super. Yes. Yeah. Um, literally all of them. Can I just, can I recommend that everyone just binges that podcast because because there's so much like good information in all of them. Um, and I do have two, I, I believe it's 19 and 21 that are just on like liver detoxification and like why it's needed. Um, but I mean, really quickly to like, just kind of close up the hormonal birth control, we are still uncovering more and more every single day, you know, just as we're doing more research on it and re more research on like women's bodies specifically. Um, but you know, uh, birth control does deeply, I mentioned this at the very beginning, but I just want to like 
re-emphasize that hormonal birth control does deplete zinc and magnesium or B vitamins, selenium, CoQ10, all of these things that uh, our liver needs for phase one and phase two of liver detoxification. So for a lot of users of hormonal contraceptive, their liver gets seriously impacted by the use of hormonal contraceptive. Um, also, we have seen in some studies that uh, hormonal birth control, the pill, directly impacts the liver by altering the liver genetically and structurally. Um, so those are two things that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I have like, oh, also, uh, it causes the liver to express sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG, in higher amounts. Um, and this is a protein that grabs onto excess hormones. So even if it is like this low dose, I'm like air quoting right now, um, this low dose that your gynecologist is telling you that your pill may be, it's still high enough to shut everything off. And our liver, since it's our filter, it's just trying to protect us um, in all ways, but especially by creating more of this, this SHBG in higher amounts. Um, and so we even see that like our sex hormone binding globulin levels don't return back to normal levels on their own, even after like five years post-hormonal birth control, because the pill does change you biologically. And I know that we're not like focusing on the pill here, and I never want to shame anyone for using the pill. I was on hormonal contraceptive for six years, um, but knowledge is power. And, you know, again, like I know I for sure wasn't given this information when I walked into the, my gynecologist's office. So I just want to make sure that everyone has this information so they, you know, can make the right decision for themselves because you can't make the right decision for yourself if you don't know. Absolutely. I mean, I was on hormonal birth control for years as well. And it's, it's crazy how it impacted my body. And, you know, I was raised by a health educator mother and she didn't want me to be on the pill. And I kind of ignored her. because I'm like, well, whatever, all my friends are taking it. Like, I don't want to get pregnant. You know, I don't care. And kind of like went behind her back and did it anyway. And had all of these repercussions as a result. And I sort of had to learn on my own. You know, I had to go through the experience myself. And I do think that when, you know, the birth control pill came out, it was extremely liberating for women. And there is no, there is no shame if you're on it or you've been on it. And to your point, it is really about, okay, but how do I feel? And you know, you know, your body best. If you're having symptoms, if your libido is completely gone, if you're having, you know, just your mood is all over the place, you're not feeling like yourself, like intuitively something there is off and so finding solutions, finding alternatives, following people like Maddie, like myself to learn, you know, if you are interested, okay, let's, let's get curious. Like if I were to consider safely transitioning off the pill, how would I support my body in that process? And then what backup alternatives, you know, can I look into, you know, might I try? And so I think one of the most important things, which you, you touched on this is starting to replenish those minerals that the pill depletes, even before you come off of the pill, that again, we need to support the liver. So I feel like this is a good transition into, you know, what are some of those? You did touch on them, but can you go into how to support those nutrient levels through food specifically? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, so you just, do you want me to focus on the food and okay so I can go through kind of like briefly some of my favorite like 
vegan sources specifically. Um, I'm more on I'm more on the plant based side. I don't like identify with any way of eating, but I definitely I don't eat animal products, so I'll focus on those. Um, but so there are some things that like like glycine, for example, and taurine, um, and cysteine, and like those really essential amino acids needed for the phase two that you don't necessarily get from plant sources. So that's why I really recommend using like a good high quality supplement as well um, to just supply you with those. And most people aren't having like the highest of quality animal products anyway. So it's just good to supplement in general. But again, talking about food and getting this stuff from food sources. Um, so glutamine is very essential. We can get that from eggs, cabbage, beets, beans, spinach, and parsley. Um, and uh, NAC, which a lot of people have, I feel like, heard of. I feel like that's kind of been a buzz and thrown around a lot. But NAC is from most high-protein foods and garlic and cruciferous vegetables. Um, what else? Methionine it comes from, like, the sesame seeds, Brazil nuts soy protein, um, chickpeas, almonds, pinto beans, lentils, brown rice, and then sulfur. We think of, you know, our Brussels sprouts, our cabbage, onion, spinach, um, even like potatoes, eggs. It comes from two beans and peas. And then glutathione. Most people think you can only get glutathione from like, um, like, egg yolks and whey protein, but you actually can get them from garlic, onion, red peppers, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, even gluten-free oats and sprouted lentils. Um, and so those are nutrients for phase two detoxification um, that are really, really needed to upregulate those. And so again, like there are some things that you need to supplement, especially if you're plant-based. And even if you aren't plant-based, like there are just some things that you need to be supplementing with to support that phase two detoxification. So for example, like branch chain amino acids that help to bind and transport toxins out. Um, we supplement with that. I even supplement with the NAC, which is a precursor to glutathione and glutathione. We just, you know, supplement with both of those antioxidants to help transform toxic substances into the less toxic excretable forms. Um, like methylfolate, B-complex, bioflavonoids. There are a lot of things that we supplement with for sure. Um, but things that you can be eating like on a daily basis that, you know, again, like daily basis, try to get in, you know, seven to nine cups um, of organic fruits and vegetables every day. But those would be the beets, even the beet greens. A lot of people chop them off and throw them away. But the beet greens are amazing. Turmeric, juice, or powder. Uh, sweet potato, carrot, squash, things like the really colorful foods, especially the orange ones. Those have a lot of vitamin A in them. Um, carrots, dandelion tea, and dried herb. Oh, sorry, are we going to say something? Say, Listen up, lady. She's listing a lot of delicious carbs. Enjoy your carbs. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. We love carbs here. We do not cut out carbs. We need we need carbs for so many things. Um, garlic, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, ginger, lemon, parsley, cilantro. There's so many amazing herbs. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I tell people, if you are eating something that came from Mother Earth, Mother Tierra, then you can just go ahead and assume that's going to be good for your body. Yes. Yes. So, okay. 
to break this down a little bit more, I always like to get super detailed when it comes to, okay, these foods all sound delicious and doable. Like we can add these in, but let's say that someone is eating, like, I hear this all the time when people, you know, when I ask clients, you know, what are you eating for breakfast? A lot of times I hear eggs, avocado toast. Like that's a big one, right? Um, or like an egg scramble or a smoothie. So let's take, for example, that eggs and avocado toast. How might you amp that up to make it a little bit more liver supportive? Ooh, I like this question. Okay. So I would do, instead of just like, you know, packaged sliced bread, I would opt for a complex carb, such as you can either do like a bed of rice, a bed of quinoa, you can do sweet potato toast, squash toast, um, or a mixture of like the quinoa, some type of like grain with the the complex carb. So I would say to do that instead of just like the toast, that'll also help just, I mean, it'll help with so much, you know, your blood sugar levels and just overall stability and mood stability. So I definitely suggest that it's going to supply you with way more nutrients as well. And then avocado, I say, continue to do that. There's some avocado on there. Delicious. And then eggs, um, egg whites are really highly inflammatory. So if anyone's experiencing any type of you know, symptom where they're like, dang, I don't know why I feel so weird. Like, you know, two days after I eat eggs or up to three days, you know, I would really suggest looking into that, maybe even experimenting with just having the yolk. And always, no matter if you do or do not have a sensitivity to them, making sure that you're buying, you know, local or organic to support our local farmers and our ecosystem. Um, But you can keep the eggs on there if you're not sensitive to those. And then maybe sprinkle some seeds like ground um, flaxseed or pumpkin seed or something like that just to add some more nutrients in there. And then if you can, if you can tolerate it, some greens. But I recommend cooked greens. Not a fan of raw foods over here or really even juiced foods as much. Um, If you want to do like a green juice, I think that's a great like, you know, um, electrolyte uh, option instead of just like plain water. Um, but like straight up fruit juice, not a fan over here. This girl, that's why I I wonder if anyone coming into this podcast is like, this girl is probably going to tell me to do a juice fast or cleanse. And that's not what I'm telling you to do. (laughs) I don't know that I would have someone on who promoted juice cleanses, to be honest. Like I'm all for hearing different viewpoints, but that's just one where like, I mean, when I used to work in the corporate world, I had so many coworkers who would go on these like crazy week long juice fasts and they would be, it was all, you know, super high sugar fruits and they would be like shaking, lethargic, like jittery headaches, like feeling horrible. And, but they're like, no, I just got to push through. I got to push through, but they were miserable. I've never, honestly, never met anyone who feels amazing on a juice club. Right? No, it's, yeah. I mean, gosh, we should have a whole podcast episode about how silly that is. Cause I currently just got in a, well, I was about to engage in a debate with someone about it yesterday. And then I was like, you know what? I'm saving my energy and this falls on our period. So I have low tolerance right now for BS. So I didn't get engaged in the, <laughs> in the argument, but you know, sometimes it's like some people are so stuck in their ways. I, my mantra has been lead by example. So, I mean, anyone who follows me and knows and has seen, I've never done a juice cleanse before. Um, and I've never told anyone to do it. So clearly I don't agree with it. <laughs> yeah. And you also have to think like how much 
fruit you have to fit in to get just like a little bit of juice. If you were to actually eat that much, well, first of all, you probably couldn't eat that much fruit in one sitting, but if you did, there would be so much more fiber and nutrients. You would feel a lot more full and satiated. And so it just, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, but there's ways that you can, you know, add amazing fruits and like beets and all of these things into like a smoothie or, you know, an overnight oats bowl or onto the side of a meal. Like there's so many ways to include those delicious fruits supplementing, you know, with these other nutrients that are going to make you feel so much more energized and that you're going to be able to eat every single day and actually look forward to them, which is the key to making lifestyle changes is it's really, I believe, I don't think that anybody should be eating a single food that they don't like. Like, I don't think that there's any reason to be eating or drinking something that you don't like for health benefits. Agreed. Agreed. Because you know, the things that you should be doing for your health are actually, I mean, of course, some things may not taste the best, but for the most part, it actually should be tasting really good and should be a really enjoyable, beautiful process of, you know, taking care of yourself. Yes. And also the way in which we eat. Can you touch on that really quick? Like for supporting the liver, the importance of kind of slowing down when you eat your food? Absolutely. I mean, if we're stressed out, we're not producing bile, we're not producing stomach acid, we're not producing like our stomach enzymes that we need, our digestive enzymes. So, you know, we're not even extracting the nutrients from the food. So you can be eating, you know, this all organic and locally sourced, like you bought everything from the farmer's market, this amazing meal. But if you're rushing through the meal, you're not chewing your food, you're not present with it, and you're just stressed out, your body is actually not going to absorb any of the nutrients. And so those nutrients are needed for your liver health and for your adrenals and for your gut and, you know, for literally everything within our body. So if we're not eating in the right environment, we're not, it, you may as well not even eat because, you know, I, I always tell people, if you're stressed out, go for a five minute walk without your phone and then come back or, or breathe, whatever you want to do, walking meditation, seated meditation, come back and then eat. Yes. I love that because your mindset and just getting out of that fight or flight and into the rest and digest to your point, not only are you going to absorb more nutrients, but you're going to, you can use this experience as I like to say, you can use it as almost a meditative practice. If you're not somebody who necessarily, you know, enjoys meditation or you've struggled to, um, cultivate a meditation practice, your mindful meal, the way in which you eat your food, slowing down, putting your fork down between bites, like breathing in, maybe playing some calming music, like that is meditative. And that is going to have such a, a difference in how you digest your food. You know, a lot of times people suffering from bloating, that can often be because you're eating in this rushed state or you're stressed or whatever, um, you know, cravings can be heightened by not taking that time to slow down. So there's so many benefits of just slowing down and being present with your food. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I don't want to forget to touch on the importance too of filtered water because we can be eating all of these amazing foods and then drinking, you know, like a bottled water out of a plastic, plastic bottle from the convenience store. Why is that, you know, problematic and something that we want to really focus on as well? 
Yeah, our our tap water is just it's super toxic. I mean, talk like there are pharmaceuticals and um really harmful chemicals that are found and like the fluoride and the chlorine, a lot of these things that are not great for our gut and they really tear at the gut lining. Um, more specifically like the villi, which are like these little fuzzy things that line our guts and that protect us from things that should not be entering in and you know, making sure that things uh from the gut, nothing toxic from the gut gets out into our bloodstream. But um the the fluoride, the chlorine, the you know, trace of pharmaceuticals such as hormonal birth control, a lot of these things, pesticides as well. Um, you know, when you think about how heavily our non-organic produce is sprayed and then all of those, you know, getting into our water streams, whether it be through rain, through because it's right next to a source of water, you name it. So and then the crazy amount of plastic that we have in our world as well. So a lot of this all gets into our water system and um, can really, really impact our entire body and all of our functionings. So what do we do? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> what I do we do? You, Get- I, you know, because I feel like there's so many different waters out there that you can purchase, but then there's also different filters and it can be so overwhelming and sometimes really expensive. So what would you suggest? Yes, I suggest... Um, getting a Berkey water filter. I'm looking at mine right now and I love it. Yes. And getting the fluoride filters. It's really, it's like, it's not that much of an investment. I know some people go on the website and are like, that's so expensive, Maddie. And I'm like, you could get way more expensive. Trust me. And I also recommend investing in a Berkey water shower head filter, because when you think about how you know, our skin is our biggest external organ, anything that touches the skin, water, lotions, creams, all of that. Um, it gets absorbed directly into the bloodstream versus if we're eating something that's toxic, like non-organic produce, at least it's going through our gastrointestinal tract, all of our intestines, and it's breaking down a little bit, becoming a little bit less toxic. Whereas when you're applying something directly to the skin, it does not go through any of that. Um, it just gets right into your bloodstream. So investing in a good showerhead filter as well. If you have the means to do so and you own a house, I would recommend getting the entire water pipeline system um, filtered if you can do that. Yeah, that's a great tip. And these are all things that, you know, you can start just by looking into it. And that's, you know, that's kind of how I started with the filtered water conversation is that I had a really cheap filter. I don't really even think it was working. And then I heard about the Berkey filter actually through you, um, on your podcast and, you know, thought about it. This was like probably six months ago. My husband wanted to do a ton of research and read reviews on a bunch of different ones. And I kept rooting for it. And then finally, you know, we came to the decision together. Let's just split it. Let's do it. You know, think about how much money we spend on bottled water out of the house and how quickly you drop, like, especially in LA, like $12 on like a drink when you go to dinner that so quickly adds up, but this filter, you know, it really virtually is not going to cost much at all with how much use you're going to get out of it. So yeah, I'm really excited. You know, we just received it. I'm going to have to pick your brain on how to set the thing up because it looks a little bit intimidating to me, but I'm really (laughs) excited to have the, the clean water. 
It's not, yeah, it looks intimidating, but it's not, and I am more than happy to walk you through it. Maybe I should even do, like, a little reel about it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh, a little tutorial. I would love that. I will gladly do that. And, in fact, I think I'll, I sent you an invite to join my app, um, Jess, but I will definitely be posting that, a video of that, and I'll save it to the non-toxic section of the app. Yay. Okay. So we want to hear about the app, but before we go there, um, last quick couple questions. Um, okay. One, I wanted to make, I completely forgot to ask this, but one of the number one ways we can support the liver is by pooping and maybe people like to talk about poop and they're like, Ooh, gross, whatever girls don't poop. But if you're not pooping, you're toxic and you can be doing all of these liver supportive things, but you're not releasing and getting out the toxins, getting out that excess estrogen, you know, then you're not really able to support the liver. So how can we, you know, support those healthy poops? We need to be pooping at least two times a day. I would love to see people going like maybe even four times a day, but I would say like two to three is great. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, our ancestors used to get about a hundred grams of fiber a day and the average American gets 16 grams. So, you know, we should be having very healthy bowel movements pretty soon after we have a meal within like couple of hours following a meal. And if you think about it, you're eating three meals a day, maybe a snack here or there, if you're going longer than, you know, three and a half hours between meals. Um, yeah, you should be having really like good, healthy bowel movements because I mentioned this before, but you know, after we take toxins, you turn them into fat soluble in phase one and then water soluble into phase two, we need a way to get those out of the body. So if we're not pooping, it's just going to reaccumulate. It's going to accumulate and recirculate within the blood. So we need to sweat. I really recommend saunas. If you can do an infrared sauna that adds all the benefits of the infrared light, um, you can do dry brushing and then hopping in the sauna to, you know, get those lymph nodes moving. They're great herbs to help with, you know, moving your lymphs as well. And also just overall to boost detoxification. Um, there are coffee enemas, which I have a whole podcast episode on. I really recommend working with a trusted practitioner your first time doing a coffee enema. Um, breath work is detoxifying as well. A vibration plate, those plates where you stand on and it's like, and it like moves all of your lymph nodes. Those are great. I mentioned before getting an air filter and lots of, you know, nice plants. Um, something that a lot of people don't mention when they buy plants is that make sure that they're organic and they haven't been sprayed by wherever you're buying your plants from um, because those can be very cleaning and clean your air Um, and yeah I think that's organic foods you know like just sometimes it's obviously adding stuff in to help boost detoxification is amazing but also we need to start off with removing the things that's impairing your liver functioning Mm -hmm. yeah and I would just add just from personal experience and also working with clients is that if you're not someone who gets a lot of fiber in your diet, A, just go online and look up fiber sources, you know, whole food fiber sources and start to incorporate them in like adding a serving to each meal. But I would say slowly build up your fiber intake and make sure that you're drinking enough water. Otherwise you might get constipated. Um, but it is also, what's going to help you poop. So I would say kind of have like a slower build to it, but absolutely we need to be getting in fiber every single meal and hopefully your snacks too, because it keeps you fuller for longer as well. Absolutely. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. So last question. Um, if someone is interested in doing a functional medicine liver detox, which is something that you can do a couple of times a year, you have one, which I have actually been doing a modified version of with my husband and it, it's great. It feels wonderful. It's not restrictive at all. There's carbs, there's all kinds of veggies. Um, you know, there's grains. I mean, it's, it's very abundant. Um, how would someone go about that? Is it something that you're still offering? Yes, it is. Um, I plan on rolling out a course because when you did it, when you had signed up, I was actually leading a live group through it. So I'm still trying to figure out, is this something that I will be offering within like the community, within the app um, that I created within like that community on the app and maybe just leading everyone through a seasonal one because I do one every season and I recommend everyone does one every single season. It helps with allergies as well. So um, leading everyone through that live on the app is probably going to be coming. That's probably going to be a reality here very soon. Um, so incentive for joining the app, but also I will be recording and putting everything into like a course that people can probably just use at their own pace, all hosted through the app as well. Um, so I really recommend that someone work with a practitioner, at least their first time. The other times you don't need to, but, you know, working with a practitioner, whether it be a course that they created, um, that they can like confirm is, you know, there was a lot of thought and research put into it and it actually will help you. Um, or even just working with them one-on-one, -on -one, booking a session with them, understanding what's happening and getting you set up is really beneficial. And then, you know, once you have the understanding, you have the reins on it, you can just do it yourself for the rest of your life. Yes. And one thing I really love too about yours is that even though for me personally, a lot of the foods are things that I already eat, you know, and I eat similarly to a lot of the recommendations, but it was a really great way to get so much more intentional about making sure that I'm including liver supportive foods at every meal. So like looking at my plate and being like, okay, how can I add something in? Like we talked about with the breakfast, breakfast example. So I started doing things like adding beet powder, you know, in like organic beet powder into my smoothies or grabbing, like I found frozen yellow golden beets and like putting those into a smoothie or throwing butternut squash and sweet potatoes into a soup, which maybe I wouldn't have done before. And like being more intentional about getting in the more bitter greens. So it was a very good reminder to just make that a part of building a meal. And mm -hmm. I think it's something that I'll continue to do, but yeah, I really, really liked it. And you have great recipes too. Thank you. Yeah. I am expanding the recipes too, but that makes me really happy. Yes. Yes. And so, okay. So how can people keep in touch with you? I mean, there's so many ways to connect with Maddie and to learn more from her. So I'm going to just let you share all of the ways. And I'm really excited to learn more about the app. Absolutely. So follow me on Instagram, um, TikTok, if that's your jam. But Instagram, I'm definitely on more. And then also just like clicking the link in my Instagram bio, you'll be 
shown all of the links, links for my podcast, the website. If you want to sign up for text and emails, because my text and email subscribers always get fun little text and recipes and all that stuff. There's, it's just like a whole community in itself. And then the app will be, again, there'll be links for that once it's ready to go the coming this Friday, um, which it'll already be launched by the time people are listening to this, I'm sure. So if they just head over to the link in my Instagram bio, there'll be links for the app as well. What perfect timing. We didn't even plan it like that, but that worked out perfect. I know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. And then your podcast. Yes. Oh, my podcast is just Peace Love Hormones. If you head over to Spotify or Apple Podcast um, and type in Peace Love Hormones, then it'll pop up. And then she also has this incredible um, supplement called Soup. Yes. Thanks for giving me all the shout outs. Yes. Soothe is my baby. And I'm actually, I've been formulating so many other formulas, um, digestive bitters, liver support, herbal supplements, so many things, PCOS, endometriosis. A lot of tinctures are coming to my line in 2022. Hence the reason to stay in touch with me and peaceful hormones. Um, but right now I have my herbal nutraceutical named Soothe and it's for PMS. So it targets the breast tenderness, cramps, mood swings, cravings, the hormonal acne, a lot of things, the heavy periods, short periods. It just works synergistically, all the 10 herbs, to make sure that you are just on track. And I actually added another herb to the formula, which will be releasing this new updated formula in the next few months. And all the herbs are really liver supportive. So they're- Yes, they are to your liver support. So I love Soothe. I take it and I've recommended it to so many clients who love it. It truly works. I actually just had someone DM me today who heard me on your podcast because Maddie and I did a podcast about hormonal migraines and she was saying how helpful it was, but how much, and how much she loves Soothe and how much it's helped with her PMS. And I've heard that multiple times from people when I post about it. So yeah, I love that. It's amazing. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is just to reiterate, okay, if you're someone who is dealing with low energy, acne, you know, weight that won't budge, um, low libido, you are just not feeling yourself, you're struggling with digestive issues, you're constipated, or maybe you have diarrhea, you know, these are all uh signs that your liver can use some love. You know, you have really bad PMS. You really dread that time of the month. You know, you feel like it's the worst time of the month. Um, You have really bad periods, painful periods. Truly, 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 these are all motivators to support your liver and give it some love. And it doesn't have to be this overnight thing where you all of a sudden have to do every single thing that we suggest, but even just adding in, you know, one thing a week. And, and having that strong why for why you want to support your liver, I believe is one of the best ways that we can move forward and make changes in our life. We have to have a strong motivator. And so I think having a basic understanding and then having the tools and having people to follow that are going to continue to support you like Maddie is the key. So definitely give her a follow at the Maddie Miles. Her reels are incredible and so supportive as well. And uh, Maddie and I are just going to keep collaborating. So stay tuned thanks Jess for having me and thank you everyone for listening to me rant about the liver (laughs) we love it come back anytime I hope you are super excited to love up on your liver and to start thinking about little steps that you can take each day to make it a priority and just remember that 
it's not about overhauling our life overnight, but it's about those small little changes that we intentionally make that are realistic and that fit within our lifestyles that make all the difference. And I am so, so happy to connect with you and support you. And I would love for you to share your little victories and the things that you've started to make a priority in in your life and your hormone journey. You can connect with me at Body Blessed by Jess. Shoot me a DM. You can also uh, upload this, you know, listen to this episode and then tag both myself and the Maddie Miles and the Solo 2.0 podcast on Instagram. Share some of your takeaways. That always means the world. And then make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. If you haven't already left a rating and review, this is how we build and, and grow this amazing community and reach more women and some men like you. And with that said, as always, remember that even if, if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight, so be patient and kind with yourself and good things will come. See you next time. Thank you.